Hey everyone, this is Ben with Blue Ribbon Coalition. We are here to... I'm going to start over. Hey everybody, this is Ben with Blue Ribbon Coalition. We're here with episode 14 of the Defend Your Ground podcast. I'm here with Simone, our policy director, and we have a few new updates to discuss. I mean, we had a big push last week to get our final comments in for the Moab Labyrinth Rim Gemini Bridges plan. We know a lot of you did that. I mean, we know at least 2,800 people commented through the BRC website, and we know there were thousands more who commented commented on their own to the BLM. And so now it's in the BLM's hands. It'll take people ask, well, what comes next? And the answer to that is the BLM will analyze all the comments and reevaluate their analysis overall for several months, most likely. I bet we won't hear back from this one for at least six to 12 months we'll get it before we hear anything more out of the BLM. And so in the meantime, that means we could still go for in the area, make sure we're aware of what's on the ground there. If there are areas there you haven't explored and you care about this and you still have access to those maps, make it a point to go out there and get familiar with that landscape so that when they release their final decision, we understand immediately um, how that's impacting us. Because uh, that'll lead us to what will then be the next step. I, I believe the next step will be their final decision. And once they reach the final decision, if they reach a good one, then we will support them. We'll help them implement it. We'll uh, be a partner with them to help make sure they can manage that trail system effectively. And I'm sure we'll be joined with hundreds of other off-road groups that want to be part of that. Uh, otherwise, if they choose one of those alternatives that close a lot of routes, we'll be in the situation where we ended up this week uh, with another travel management plan in Arizona. And this one was called the Bouse and Cactus Plain Travel Management Plan. Uh, Blue Ribbon Coalition this week, along with Arizona Backcountry Explorers, uh, filed an administrative appeal of the travel management plan in Bouse and Cactus Plain. This was a plan that closed over a thousand miles of routes in this area, which is down near Quartzite. If you're one of those folks that goes down to Quartzite in the winter to be a snowbird or to get away from the winter everywhere else, um, this is these are trails in that area. I understand the Arizona Peace Trail goes through this area. I don't believe that route is affected, but if you're familiar with any of the other riding opportunities in that area, that's where we're looking. This plan will affect dispersed campsites like all these travel plans do um, and a wide range of other recreation activities including rock hounding, camping, four-wheel drive exploring, rock crawling, dirt biking, and everything else in between. And so we filed that appeal. It was an administrative appeal. Uh, we'll hear back from the agency whether or not we they agree with our statement of reasons where we filed our concerns with what they did wrong with this plan. And then we'll see what happens. Um, if we don't like how that appeal turns out, um, once you've gone through the administrative appeal process, then you have legal standing to challenge the plan in federal court uh, based on how the BLM responds to our administrative appeal. That will determine to what extent we want to pursue a federal court challenge to that plan. Uh, it, and what's the timeline for that, for this whole process? Okay, so the, yeah. yeah, good question. So the administrative appeal process, we'll usually hear back from this. It's not really a court. It's called the internal, uh, there's the IBLA, the 
but I don't remember what it's interior, interior good old board acronyms. of land appeals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's an administ. These are executive branch agency staff. So the people that work at this appeals quote unquote court are members of the executive branch. And so they're deciding that they work for the department of interior. Did the department of interior make the right decision? And so it's kind of a rigged process. Uh, it's not actually a separation of powers exercise where we're actually getting into the judicial branch of government to have them evaluate whether the executive branch made the right decision and used their powers appropriately. Uh, but it is a required step in the administrative process in order to get to that point where you can file an effective federal court appeal. Uh, and so we'll have to see that uh, the IBLA appeal, the administrative one, usually takes a couple weeks or months. They're, they actually turn those ones around pretty quick. It's not your typical lengthy litigation process, um, but it does allow you to kind of clear the air on some issues that might have gone unresolved in the final decision. And sometimes they'll make improvements. And if you win on that, they'll be required to revisit some of the things that they did wrong. If uh, and if those of us who are appealing, like BRC and Arizona Backcountry Explorers, don't win, uh, then our option is to stick with the plan that they released or appeal in federal court. And so with that one, we'll have to see how it plays out. Um, there's a lot of travel plans being released in Arizona. I think they had a lot of these shelved during the Trump administration, and now they're finally getting them across the finish line. Uh, the Black Canyon Corridor plan that we've talked a lot about in recent weeks and months. Uh, it's also that in one, Arizona. Yeah, also in Arizona. That They released the final decision there, and uh, we're still evaluating that one. There were significant improvements um, in that plan from when BRC got involved in that one about a year ago with some of our other partners. Uh, but they still, like they're doing with these other plans in Arizona, they're still closing a lot of routes, over 50% in most cases. And so regardless of the fact that there were a lot of improvements, we will still likely be appealing the Black Canyon Corridor plan. Um, that one, we still have a little bit more time to get all that filed. Uh, so Arizona is going to become where we've had a lot of focus on Utah in the last few weeks. I think you'll see that Arizona starts to get some attention because things are happening there. Uh, but we wanted to let you know that, let, let everybody see that BRC, we're fighting everywhere. We're doing everything we can to and keep trails open. And the process is lengthy, usually. <laughs> it is designed to be lengthy. It's designed to make those of you who are just average people not want to care about this and follow it. It's designed to give advantage to the bureaucrats that want to do what they want to do. Uh, but we appreciate everybody's support. We appreciate everybody who's participated in these comments. And um, an example of that is Arizona Backcountry Explorers. Uh, is our partner on this because they give us stronger legal standing. They were heavily involved in the planning process. And so we always are looking out for those who were heavily involved to become the partners in these legal challenges. And this is another case in point where we're not doing it alone. We're doing it with all of our member organization partners, our individual members. And that's why we're a membership-based organization. So if you're a club and or an organization, go ahead, Simone. And that's, I just wanted to say, that's why your comments really do matter and make a difference is when we get to the more of the end of these planning processes, it does give a stronger legal standing um, with individuals and clubs who have been involved and have submitted those comments. So don't think that submitting those comments don't matter because they really do. Yeah, thank you. And so 
so that's our first update. It kind of helps you see where things will go next with Moab. It lets you know another important thing we're working on. Uh, Simone, you've been busy this month too. I know Moab's kept you busy, but just south of Moab, we have the Bears Ears National Monument. And that's been up in the air for years since Obama designated it, but they are currently working through a plan. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so they're updating. Now with the re-expansion of the monument, they are redoing the resource management plan for the expanded, and it's actually bigger than the original Bears Ears monument that President Obama designated. So they're updating this resource management plan and we're still in scoping. So we just finished scoping for Grand Staircase, um, their mo resource management plan also in Utah. And now we've got this resource management plan. Um, so we're still in the very beginning stages. There's not alternatives or different proposals out there yet. We don't have various maps showing um, the different possibilities that they're looking at yet. It's still that very early planning stage where we need you to submit your input on this area. Um, so one of my biggest concerns, I believe they're calling it backcountry areas. So through this planning process, they're going to designate backcountry areas that are essentially roadless, they're managed as wilderness, like wilderness study areas, areas with wilderness characteristics. Um, and these are going to be the areas that um, if there are roads in it, those roads are going to get closed. And so areas like Arch Canyon, down in Combe, um, a lot of areas bordering other wilderness, so on the Abajos, on Elk Ridge, those have a lot of potential to have roads closed. Um, so we need you to submit your comments that these areas are important. One thing too that we're seeing is they do want to protect and we're seeing other groups that want to close these areas. They're putting a big emphasis on having access to areas and roads that have cultural and historical significance. So, for example, I grew up in this area. Uh, Arch Canyon is a great example. I spend every single Easter there, plus other weekends and days throughout the entire year. This is a really uh, significant area to my family, to myself, and to so many other people. And so if they're going to be protecting areas based off of cultural and historical significance, they also need to make sure to ensure access for those of us that roads are part of that historical and significant um, value that, that they have. And so, especially if you plan to go to this area or you've been in this area, we need you to include those areas in your comments of why it's important to you. What historical value does it have? Because I know everybody who lives in the area and so many people who visit it, it's it's tradition. It's these family values that they've gone there for years. And so continued access is so important. Yeah, no, thank you. That's all good to point out. I know we have a lot of friends in San Juan County at, who have a lot of really close connections to this landscape and have spent a lot of time in and not just what we would call what are becoming the tourist hotspots of Bears National Monument. There used to not be tourist hotspots in this area. It used to be relatively 
unexplored, uh, mostly a area that locals would go to, and it was kind of off the map. But since they made it a national monument, now it's on everyone's bucket list. You have a lot more tourism coming into the area. <clears throat> and it sounds to me like they're going to try to do what I call wilderness laundering, where they come up with some new designation that's essentially wilderness and pretend like they're doing something new, but it's the same old thing. And that's the concern is that this area that does have a pretty vast and extensive network of roads and access points will become a few hardened destinations, kind of like the overlook of the Grand Canyon, where you can go, your experience at Bears Ears is you come to a parking lot and take a picture of something instead of going out into it and exploring and, and actually experiencing it. Yeah. And I've, I've been up Arch Canyon myself and if they close that road in there, I mean, there's, that's a, it's a sandy wash the whole way up. Um, the number of people who are going to go hike that seven to eight mile hike to get into the head of the Arch Canyon where the arch actually is, I think drops significantly from the number of people who can access it now because of the road that goes through there. And uh, there are Native American sites in Arch Canyon. Most of them were 100 feet up a cliff. Uh, you'd have to be pretty handy with a rope to even get remotely close to them. Um, the other ones that are down in the wash bottom are already protected with chain link fences and things. So it's not like they aren't already managing Arch Canyon for protection of the historic and cultural resources. Um, but if they close that road, the number of people will be able to go and enjoy that awesome little corner of San Juan County, I think drops significantly. And that's going to be happening throughout this monument. Um, have you, what's, I'm curious about the other user groups. I know that there were like the rock climbers, for instance, were really supportive of Bears Ears Monument, uh, National Monument. The Access Fund has always been really supportive. All right, what are you, what's on the table with that group? Are you seeing anything? Yeah, so they, there won't be any more rock climbing routes permitted. Um, so if you, it increases and people want to create a new route that won't be allowed anymore. Um, but also they want to, um, implement permit systems for, for pretty much every user group. As, as far as I can tell, that's something that's on the table. Um, so yeah. whether you like to camp, whether you like to rock count, whether you like to, uh, rock climb, you will have to have a permit to do anything. Um, and so that's a concern for all user groups that there's serious, serious restrictions being proposed on one of the scoping meetings that I attended. Uh, one of the BLM employees said that the most visited area that they have documented is actually a rock climbing area. Uh, and so that needs to be regulated and it needs to be protected. So the most popular area, which I didn't realize it's, it's for rock climbers and they're looking at how they can protect that, which means restrict that and restrict access to that user group. Yeah. And we're seeing that happen at Calico Basin in Nevada right now, right? Where they've put mm -hmm. in a permit system for the rock climbing routes and, and who is doing an administrative appeal of that plan? Yes. These the rock access funds. <laughs> yep. And so the access fund opposes the reservations and permitting systems in Calico Basin, but that's what they're going to get with Bears Ears, which they support. And 
so I point that out just because I think all recreation user groups need to realize that it might feel good to support these national monuments be, because they, they do a very good job at marketing that this is a good thing. But I'm I, we should make a bet, Simone. Do the rock climbers get screwed by this plan or 100%. not? 100%. Yep. Okay. So it's well, because they, is it Indian they Creek? market it as, I'm not sure. Okay. They market it as that this area needs protected. And so people think, oh, this is a good thing. I don't want this land in this area destroyed. But what people don't realize and what, you know, somebody living on the East Coast that they don't understand why I'm so passionate about this is that there are so many protections already in place. There's already protections for air quality and water quality that they don't realize just one more layer isn't actually going to save anything of of true significance. Everything that's already has that that historical significance, it's already being protected. And this is just to restrict access to users unless you are backpacking in. And even then, they want to they want to restrict dispersed camping. They want to require permits for dispersed camping if it is allowed in an area. So all users get screwed through this. Yeah, and so you had this area that received really light use, but it was open to the public. You really could just kind of go and openly explore this Bears Ears area. And now it's going to be managed like a wilderness, like a national park. You'll have an incredibly managed experience. It'll be more like Disneyland. You'll have to have a permit that that'll probably turn into a reservation system where there's only a scarce number of um, spots where you can actually go in and do what you want to do. And so if you're someone who likes to recreate on public land in general, the Bears Ears National Monument is nothing less than an unmitigated disaster for you. And you really should start thinking about advocating for your actual interests and not getting co-opted by somebody else's political agenda. And that's what I think's happened with these national monuments. Um, as you said, these other protections exist. That's something we point out in our lawsuit. Uh, we, back in August, Blue Ribbon Coalition did file a challenge to the Bears Ears National Monument. We are challenging the abuse of the Antiquities Act. We think this is an inappropriate use of the Antiquities Act. We think the monument's way too big. Um, which is incompatible with the language of the Antiquities Act. And that's a, our case there is working its way through the federal courts. Um, and we'll have updates on that in the coming weeks and months. And that's another element of this plan is back when Trump realigned the boundaries for the monuments, all the environmental groups sued the Trump administration. And the Trump administration worked through plans like this as well. And it was constantly said, well, you shouldn't move forward with any plans until the litigation is all settled. And that's probably true in this case. There is current litigation from the state of Utah, from Blue Ribbon Coalition. We think we're challenging these national monument designations. There's been strong signals sent by the Supreme Court that they have concerns that presidents have been abusing the Antiquities Act. And until that all gets settled, I think even moving forward with this plan is probably a little premature. And uh, so, well, but regardless of that, we, we can't ignore the process. We need to comment. If you're someone who explores this area, if you live in Blanding or Monticello or Mexican Hat or Bluff, and this is your backyard and you know these areas, if you don't comment, you're really hurting our effort. Uh, we need you to go comment and identify which areas you want left open, which areas you want to openly access. You probably ought to oppose those permitting restrictions 
Um, that's going to dramatically change how you use this area. If you're a Native American who is used to going into this area and gathering wood and herbs and those things, I know that it was constantly brought up ahead of the designation of this national monument. And the, and the Obama proclamation did make room for them to continue to do that. Um, the Biden administration's proclamation did not. That's something we brought up in our legal case. And so if you have gathered wood in this area, and it, that's something that's probably at risk. So traditional Native American uses are are also being canceled here in the Bears Ears National Monument. Uh, so that's open until when, Simone? What's our deadline? October 31st. Halloween. Okay. So yep. that's like next Monday or so something. So get it. Yeah. Next Monday. So get comments in before Halloween because once Halloween comes. Yeah. Don't, yeah that'd be bad to <laughs> wait till trick or treating. Uh, we don't want to get tricked by this. <laughs> <laughs> we want to treat with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, get those in like you guys all did with Moab. Help us spread the word. We need everybody to know about this. This is 1.3 million acres, which is four times bigger than the area we were just fighting over in Moab. Uh, it's believe, just south of that. So, I mean, that just south similar and I would, landscape. It's, you've been there, Simone. Is it any is it, how, how does it compare to Labyrinth Rims and Gemini Bridges? It's. I mean, I prefer it. <laughs> yeah, it's, maybe it depends on your preferences, but the, there are equally awesome things to go explore in Bears Ears. Mm -hmm. And unless you are willing to backpack 10 miles in sand, you might not be able to see it. Uh, and go there, a lot of the, those options will be taken away from you. And so get that in October 31st. Um, we also launched last week uh, sweepstakes to go into for Yellowstone. Uh, Blue Ribbon Coalition was one of the organizations that led the fight to preserve snowmobile access into Yellowstone National Park in the winter. And there is a tour guide out of West Yellowstone, the Three Bears Lodge, that then offers guided tours into Yellowstone on snowmobile. And they've generously donated a snowmobile vacation package to BRC so that we can raise money for this through a sweepstakes. So if you've never been to, to Yellowstone in the winter, um, this is a chance to get to see this spectacular national park uh, without all the crowds that are traditionally there in the summer. Get to see all the wildlife uh, in the winter, the geysers and all of the geologic formations. And so there's guided tours into the park to Old Faithful, to the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. Um, everything's provided. If you've never snowmobiled before, if you don't have the gear, it doesn't matter. You can still come on this trip and have and get a, your first taste of snowmobiling. And so that is currently open. We have a we run this through a program called TapCat where if you make a donation to BRC and these donations go to our legal fund, um, you get a certain number of entries based on the donations that you make. So um, that's something we're going to start heavily promoting this week. We want everybody to know to go enter the Yellowstone Tapcat sweepstakes. And um, our Moab one was a huge success. Our winner, is, I think, is in Moab right now, enjoying the Moab trails and getting tours from our providers there. And so yeah this one would be awesome to win yeah there is a reality that you actually will win it'll be an awesome trip and yellowstone should be on everyone's bucket list especially to see it in the winter and you're supporting our legal fights so win-win yeah and so there's that and then simone we got next week what do, why don't you give them a teaser of what yeah, we'll be talking about next so week so we'll be talking about logandale trails that's in southern nevada 
and we've got some some plans coming up for that uh proposals to restrict access and, and some concerns we have but also some really good things too um i feel like uh, uh the blm and stuff have been good to work with down there so we'll we'll give everybody an update on what's going on in southern nevada and logandale and and access there all right well then we'll see you next week um this is the defend your ground podcast if you haven't subscribed yet we hope you'd become a subscriber to the podcast as you i mean every week we're going to cover new topics and keep you updated on the work we're doing and so go ahead and hit subscribe if you haven't done that already and we'll catch you next week